WNCW is member-supported public radio from Western North Carolina featuring an eclectic music mix. You can find out more and listen online at WNCW.org. Support for this public radio podcast comes from Pabst Brewing, proud supporter of local artists nationwide and of the NPR Live in Concert series, online at pabstblueribbon.com. This is Volume Control, musician interviews from non-commercial WNCW-FM in Spindale, North Carolina. In this edition, our Going Across the Mountain host, Dennis Jones, talks to bluegrass legend Dale McCurry. You can find out more about Going Across the Mountain and the other programming on WNCW and pledge your support at WNCW.org. Hi, Dale McCurry. Say hello to all the listeners here at WNCW. How's everybody doing there at WNCW and out in radio land? (laughs) (laughs) You've started your own record company after how many years in the music business now? Well, I think I started about 1957, uh, playing on the radio, you know, and and so it it has been a long time. And, and you know, I, I never really, I don't think I ever wanted a record company, (laughs) but it just, uh, uh, my manager told me, he said, you know, this is probably the time to do it. He said, uh, he helped Ricky Skaggs get his company going, you know, Stan did. And uh, and he said, I'm not looking forward to doing this, but he said, because I'm your manager, I need to advise you. So really, you know, I think he was dreading it, and he didn't twist my arm. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, you know, uh, he's probably right about that. We... We do need to do to do that, you know, um, because you know I, I'd work. I had been with a lot of record companies in my time, you know, and and I thought, you know, we know who makes a lot of money from <laughs> from the artist, you know, it's the record company. I'm sure, you know, because <laughs> I had never made a whole lot of money from records I'd recorded, you know. So I figured somebody must be making the money, and. Uh, so we thought, well, it's time to do that. So we just started this. And we've, uh, let's see, we, I guess we have three. I did three records on my own. I did the It's Just a Night, and then The Company We Keep, and The Promised Land, which was the the gospel record of things that, uh, on my own, you know. And then uh, we, we were approached, you know, to do some other things. And one was, uh, was uh, Ronnie's album and we want to do an album on all the boys in the band you know that just let them do what they want to do and and put a record out but uh but at the same time larry sparks you know we did one on larry sparks i was going to ask you about that a friend of ours you know approached us they said you know would you be interested and i said boy if i recorded anybody i would be interested in recording larry sparks you know because he's He's a stylist, you know, when you hear Larry Sparks. There's nobody like him, you know. And he's so good at what he does. And uh, so we, we've we been friends for years, you know, uh, ever since. I guess he was with Ralph Stanley. And, and I by that time, I think I had quit Bill Monroe and started my own band, you know. But but I've known him since then, you know. And, and both of those projects are... Uh, nominated for several International Bluegrass Music Association Awards, the Promised Land for the Gospel Recorded Event of the Year, and then Larry's Disc, also for the uh, Album of the Year and Song of the Year. 
And then you guys are up for Entertainer of the Year and Instrumental Group of the Year. And then Ronnie's nominated for Mandolin Player of the Year. That's true. He sure is, you know. So it's a very successful year for Del McCurry and family. It really is. It it really is, you know. We're really honored to be to be nominated, you know. It, it's, uh, it's, really, it's really a great honor. Really, it is. That's that's one of the things that uh, I have always found so great about you guys. I remember, oh, it must have been 97 or 98 or so, we were coming back from over to theater when it was there in Louisville, Kentucky. And as we're going through the lobby, you guys had won a big boatload of awards. And uh, Ronnie's pushing one of the little babies along. They were just a toddler then in a stroller, and he was looking for a diaper. And he reached down in the diaper bag and had to move his IBMA award out of the way so he could get a diaper. That's one of the most classic pictures I've ever seen in my life. And I thought, well, how appropriate could that be? And, and you guys, you, you do you do such great work. And speaking of work, you know, I was just printing out your schedule and was looking at all the things you're doing. Wow, you guys play a lot of music, don't you? Well, we do. Oh, you know, before I leave uh, this subject, though, I should say that with the next thing we have coming out, you know, Ronnie's is just just been released. Yes. And the next one is Merle Haggard. We did one uh, record on. He wanted to do a bluegrass record. So I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> what yeah. was what was that like? That was great. He, <laughs> he, uh, we let him choose his own musicians, and of course, there there are bluegrass musicians in town here that he that he has used before, uh, you know, like Marty Stewart on the mandolin and uh, Charlie Cushman on banjo, uh, uh, Carl Jackson, he sang with him, played some guitar. Aubrey Haney played fiddle along with Merle's fiddle player. They did some twins, I think. Oh. And who am I leaving out? Now? Rob oh, Ikes. Big, big Ben on the bass. And Rob Ikes played on it, too. Rob Ikes played the dobro, and he's a California boy. Oh, he's a know? California boy, right? Yeah, and he was really excited about that. I know. <laughs> I, I talked with him just right after they had come out of the studio, and he was, they, he was down here with uh, Dave Pomeroy and Andy Leftwich. Oh. And he was just so excited about it. He said, "He said, wait till you hear this. Wait till you hear this. We're talking with Del McCurry. Del and I have known each other for a long time, and, and we forget that sometimes and let people know who we're talking about. Del, you're from Bakersville, North Carolina. How about that? Well, yeah, that's where my folks are from. But, you know, actually, I was born in PA and grew up there. We moved there because there was no work, you know, in those days in the mountains. And uh, so that's why there was a big migration to the north, you know, like Baltimore. I think most people from that county, when they did migrate, they went to Baltimore, you know, because during the war, I think. Uh-huh. Because of the, the airplane factory and the shipbuilding and and the steel mill, you know, and all that. And But, you know, it, that's where our roots are in Carolina. Now, now, did you actually live in Bakersville, or was it Beulah Dean? Well, my, my, my dad was from, uh, he was from what they call Little Rock Creek, was on one side of the Rhone Mountain. And my mother was from Beulah Dean, which that was on the other side of the Rhone Mountain, you know, kind of. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and I think he was, he was, working in a sawmill over there across the mountain, and that's where he met my mother, you know. You you mentioned Bill Monroe. So you, you sort of knew that fellow, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, I worked for him. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I uh, I wasn't there all that long. I was there exactly a year. Uh, but uh, I'm sure that I learned a lot from him. Now, he was not a teacher. Um, I mean, he wasn't, per se, you know, a teacher, but he... I think you learn from Bill by his example, you know. Uh, I respected him a lot, and, and I watched what he did and tried to sing with him, play with him, you know. 
so I think that's what it was all about. And that's all he expected of you. If you if you did that, if he could see you were really working hard along with him, he'd never say a thing to you. But if he thought you were slacking, <laughs> which he's had some guys that with him where we were slackers, you know. Uh, yeah, you <laughs> all can, through the years. I was going to say you can tell. Ride them then, you know. You can tell by the list of players. Some came and went pretty quick. They did, you know. <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, but originally, you were hired as a banjo player, right? Well, I never actually was hard. It's the funniest thing. I played banjo with him in New York City, and he offered me this job then, you know. And uh, by the time I accepted, by the time I thought, uh, well, maybe I will go down there and try that. <laughs> well, he he had already heard Bill Keith, and uh, Bill Keith had a new style, kind of. You know, he had that melodic style. Mm-hmm. And and at the same time, he was still needing a lead singer and guitar player. And how he knew I played guitar, I'll never know. But anyway, he said, now that's what I want you to do. Wow. <laughs> and of course, I guess, you know, Bill Monroe, back when I, was, when I was that young, you know, I guess when Bill Monroe said, now you play guitar and sing lead, I guess I said, okay, yes, sir. <laughs> Probably, you know. Look, looking back at it, what, what was it like the first time? You know, we just recent, I guess probably a couple of years or so, David Grisman reissued that Live at Mechanics Hall recording. Oh, yeah. What was it What was it like stepping on stage there at that venue with Bill Monroe? I mean... Well, you know, uh, I'll tell you what, it was exciting to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I'd, I'd listen to him. My dad and brother listened to the Grand Ole Opry every Saturday night. You know, this is... When I was growing up, it was a little bit before TV. And uh, so, you know, he I just listened to him since I was just a little guy, you know. And anyway, I had played banjo for about 10 years and thought I was pretty good, you know. And, and if I had come in there as a banjo player, I would have felt pretty comfortable, you know, playing with Bill Monroe. But as soon as I started, he put me right on the guitar and sang and lead, so that made it doubly exciting, you know, <laughs> and, and really nerve-wracking, <laughs> because I really didn't know the songs all that well, you know. I was trying to learn them as fast as I could, but you know how that goes. It's it, it, it's kind of a, a work in progress, that song learning songs and singing you know the lead i'd been i'd been a singer i I had sung every part in in all the bands i had been in up until that point i think but i think mainly i was a tenor singer you know and so when he put me singing lead it was easy for me to do you know but i think the hardest part was learning all the words you know (laughs) so yeah it was exciting it really was (laughs) <laughs> and and he was playing a lot in those days too. When when he hired you, he he meant for you to go to work right away, didn't he? There was no there yeah. was no gentle breaking in period. That's true. Uh, he'd think he'd say, "No, you hey, you got your clothes packed." <laughs> <laughs> oh no, really? <laughs> it's just kind of like that, you know. <laughs> wow, just matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, time to leave. Oh my goodness, but talking to talking with Del we, McCurry. We went everywhere, man. We was all over this country. I never did go out of the country with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he had been out of the country that much till later, till I, after I quit, you know. But but we sure covered this country, you know. <laughs> he he played in our area so many times. You know, we get phone calls all the time talking about how he carried that big tent with him, a big circus tent. Yeah. They, they, he would pitch, and in the afternoon they would play a little baseball, and then that night they would put on a bluegrass show. Did you have to play baseball? No, you know he had he had quit that by the time I came with him he 
Uh, I don't know when he gave up the tent, but uh, but he, he had given that up, and he was traveling in a station wagon when I when I came with him. You know, I think he'd really downsized a lot by that time. But you know, rock and roll. Um, see, this is early '60s kind of, and uh, rock and roll hit in the middle '50s, and it made it so tough on all the the country music acts and and Bill Monroe, you know, and all of them, mm-hmm. and and they. They were really disgusted, you know, in a way. And and the folk boom, I came along with Bill about the time the folk boom was, and and you know they embraced Bill Monroe. The folk music festivals did, and and he had a he had a manager uh, that was uh, his name was Ralph Rensler when I came, and uh, this guy was just starting to book him on like Newport Folk Festival, the Chicago Folk Festival, and. Uh, I don't know. There's several of them, you know, and so he. But up until that time, he had been playing mainly been playing package shows with the Grand Ole Opry acts. You know, they kind of lumped him in with all the country acts of the day. You know, mm-hmm. and and then too, right after I quit, the the Bluegrass Festival started. So uh, about this time, he's starting to get his own um, identity. You know, or or far as the music went and and he was starting to segregate from country music you know because he he was getting his own venues with the bluegrass festivals they but then they started calling him the father of bluegrass and all everything changed for bill monroe about that time you know you were talking about ronnie's record earlier along it's called little mo mccurry that's right and and you know got a lot of press about it you know you get get things in the email and you get things about you know little blurbs and things coming along. I said it was a children's album, and I thought, well, that's an interesting idea. That's a great thing to do. You know, kids love bluegrass music. They love the five string banjo. And I get a copy of it in from your uh, friend Chris there, and uh-huh. they send us an advance down. And I'm listening to it, and I'm thinking, ooh, I must be a kid because I'm really liking this record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we figure you know a lot of the kids will like it, and so will their their dads and moms maybe you know it's a it's uh, a strong record dale <laughs> he chose uh he he must have had this in mind uh for a while because he you know he came up with his material really quick and and he just had us work on it that it the band that is you know me and the rest of the band and and it didn't take us long either we we only had about two rehearsals i think are you thinking about doing another uh, Del McCurry band record? Yes, we're, we're probably doing a DVD next. Oh! I, I, we don't have one, and, and we were talking about it. That's probably our next project, and my manager, he'll, all of a sudden, he'll, he'll kick in, and he'll say, okay, now we got to get this done. Now, you know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure when we'll do it, but I suspect it won't be long, you know, this summer yet, you know, <laughs> or in the fall anyway. That'll probably be our next project, you know. We have been talking with Del McCurry. Del, I can't thank you enough. I'm, I mean, now I'm serious. Thank you, man. And uh, glad to be on here with you. You tell Ronnie and Rob and all the guys I said, hey, all right? I'll do that. Del McCurry, interviewed by WNCW's Dennis Jones. You can find out more at our website and make a contribution online at WNCW.org. Thanks for listening to Volume Control. 
Support for this public radio podcast comes from Bose. Bose Sound in a portable iPod speaker system. Learn more about the Sound Dock portable music system at Bose.com.